1: In the run-up to this year's Diva Awards, we're celebrating 4Pride at Channel 4. 4Pride 4 is nominated for Diva's LGBTQIA Network of the Year for the second year running. Come with me, Rachel Shelley, on this whistle-stop tour of Channel 4's LGBTQIA Network, 4Pride.
3: Channel 4 actually like helped me figure out my identity which is a lot for a workplace to do but it really did I don't I don't know what I would have been living like if I hadn't have come here I've figured out so much about myself my name's Ellis I'm 25 I'm the equity and inclusion coordinator at Channel 4 Um, my pronouns are she her and I identify as a lesbian Channel 4
1: is known the world over for its diverse programming. Everything from that first lesbian kiss on Brookside in 1994 to the groundbreaking Queer as Folk and, more
3: recently, the brilliant It's a Sin. I was the co-chair of 4PRIDE, the LGBTQIA employee network here at Channel 4 between April 2021 and September 2022. But
1: Ellis, can you tell me why Channel 4 has an LGBTQIA network? What's the reason behind for Pride?
3: I mean, it's shifted. The, the reasons for its existence has shifted since the creation. Um, I know when it was first set up, I don't know a ton about it, but when it was first set up, it was a social group for mainly gay men, to, just because of that was what the channel consisted of at the time. And it's evolved since then, and the message has changed, and I think it gets deeper as the years go on and as different people take it over. Right, but
1: how exactly did Channel 4 and 4 Pride help you figure out your identity, Alice? I mean, were you the first woman to co-chair the group?
3: Um, so I'm not, I'm not the first woman to have chaired it, but I am the first person who identified as a lesbian. However, when I first took over, I'd only just realised that that's what I was. I'd been identifying as bisexual for a very long time. And I did an event for Lesbian Visibility Week with a few people from Diva. actually. I knew what I wanted to talk about, and, but I phrased it as um, representation of queer women in media. Jackie Lawrence, who's from Diva, we, we had a briefing and she was like, can we change that title? Why is that that title? <laughs> like, why is it queer? And I was like, oh, um, probably because that's what like I call myself. She was like, we need to say lesbian. We need to start talking about it more. And it just erupted into this conversation from everybody about how important using the term was because so many people, and especially young people, had an aversion to saying it. We'd sort of grown up taught that it was a word to bully people. It was a word that you didn't really want to be associated with. And honestly, through that one briefing, through them saying, say lesbian, and talking about it, I was like, maybe that's what I am. And I did some research on compulsive heterosexuality, and it's about like, how we, you're raised in an environment that is mainly heterosexual, and so you mimic these behaviours, but then you end up thinking that that's what your sexuality is. But it's not, it's just because you're mimicking your environment. Anyway, it's a long way to say that I'm a massive lesbian now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But what exactly is an employee resource group? Let's go and meet Luke, a compliance editor at Channel 4 and one of the co-chairs of 4Pride at the moment.
4: I'm Luke Cavalli, he, him. We gay man, a cis, nothing special. (laughs) (laughs) So 4Pride is the employee resource group that sort of encompasses... The LGBTQIA plus community. It's an open space similar to the collective and any of the employee groups at Channel 4. It's just a place for people that are like-minded to come together to socialise but also deal with any issues that they may have day to day at work and sort of working together to overcome them.
1: So there are lots of these ERGs or employee resource groups at Channel 4 There's 4Purple, which is a disability group, and 4Collective, which is for minoritised ethnicities. So there's a real intersectionality going on.
4: I think we're, we're not just all separate islands at Channel 4. I think that is the culture of the company. We're always encouraged to be ourselves and work together and just make good things happen and have fun. And I think that is what the ERGs were made for. That's the legacy of them and the future of them.
3: But where did it all start? Let's go back and look at the history of 4Pride. I think I need to take to meet Ryan. He's grey and he'll know all about its evolution. He was my coach at 4Pride, so he'll definitely know all of the history.
5: So my name is Ryan Bartrop. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. I have been at Channel 4 nearly 10 years. When I first started, there was no such thing as an employee network group for anyone of anything. I'm a campaign operations manager. I was the chair for about two years.
1: And when was that, Ryan? When did the network start?
5: For pride started in 2016. Someone within the HR team sent out an email encouraging anyone that wanted to get together and join, make a network to do so. And the first one to do that was For pride which is an LGBTQI network for any Channel 4 employee. Their idea was to make it a social environment, go to London Pride and have a float, go for drinks, have fun together. And that slowly developed into then, not just a fun environment, but something that was good for employees, changing the attitudes of staff and policies.
3: Yeah we've actually been nominated for these last few years and um, we've won some awards, we've been nominated for some awards and we've represented at all these amazing pride parades and it feels like we've really been celebrated for that.
5: Changing things like gender neutral toilets and more recently like getting pronouns addressed, having panel events and engaging with other employee networks in Channel 4 and also in
1: 4Pride is nothing without its members, so what does it mean to them? Let's follow Channel 4's lead and reorientate ourselves to the nations and regions. Here we are in Leeds, Channel 4's regional headquarters that opened in 2021.
3: I want you to meet some of our local four Pride members here in Leeds. It's where the New Nations and Regions headquarters are. Um, we're right in the centre of Leeds, next to the train station, in this beautiful building called The Majestic.
2: I'm Salia Mia, I'm a junior video editor. I'm 33 years old. My pronouns are she, her. I identify as a lesbian. I come from like a Pakistani Muslim family I came out when I was 12 because of the resistance that I was like up against. That was really conflicting because I was just too young to be able to stand up for myself and really understand like who I was. So I've always actually like shied away from my sexuality as like I've been in relationships but then I don't get involved with anything related to being gay because I just don't, I, I just diminish that part of myself. So being here, there's opportunities to get involved. I'm kind of slowly warming up to get into a point where I would like to be more involved. When I applied and I saw all the different internal groups that Channel 4 had, and obviously I saw 4Pride, that definitely perked my interest because I understood Channel 4's sort of like ethos. This is exciting because there's probably something here that will align with... me as a person that I've not been able to experience in other LGBTQ plus groups mm-hmm. in like university or school or whatever. It, it made me feel like hopeful and excited.
6: For me for pride outside of that formal staff network probably being at Channel 4 for me has been more of like a personal discovery of realising your full queer self which really? I hadn't even realised that I hadn't done until I got here. My name is Dan Hill, I am 28, and I'm a junior social strategist in the social media team. I've worked at Channel 4 for nine months, so my pronouns are he, him, and I identify as a gay man. I think I'd always considered my work self and my personal self quite separate until I got here. So my background is, I was a civil servant before this. The civil service itself has this like huge thing about like bringing your whole self to work. Something that had always been there, but I'd never really considered about like, how it applied to me or how I, like, I might not have been doing that. But I think that environment when you're around politics probably was way more limiting than I thought it was. And actually on reflection, would I have ever gone into a meeting where a minister was sitting there and felt like I was truly being myself, like I probably would have gone in there wearing a suit, keeping myself very much like the heteronormative version of what I thought I was expected to be. It's so interesting now, like looking back, that i had no idea that that was the case and then I came to Channel 4 and within six months was turning up to work events in a skirt and a fur coat. And I honestly, like I, and I hadn't even considered that that was something that I wouldn't have done before until I got here and was like, oh, that is completely like, who I am. And yeah, so that, I guess that term fully realised is thrown around in the, the queer community a lot. Definitely didn't think about it applying to me and it's only now looking back where I'm like, oh, I was like not that fully realised version of myself until I got here. Because
1: there's a difference mm. between tolerating and embracing something. I think. That's so and true. It, and it seems to be that here it really is. If you turn up embraced. to a
3: post-studio event, not wearing a skirt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they like, Are you meant to be?
7: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Here's Freya, she's 28 years old and based in the London office.
7: So, the way I I'd identify is kind of an ever evolving question or that I'm asking myself. Uh, so, I just go with queer. I'm a senior data analyst and I'm also the one of the co chairs for for purple the Disability Network. I think it's really helped me be confident to bring more of my whole self to work. I'm not someone who enjoys that kind of compartmentalization of having a, one persona at work, one persona at home. I find that very draining and stressful. It's been amazing and really helpful to have this kind of community of people really show it's okay to bring your whole self to work or at least this part of yourself i think when you're not expending the energy to shape how you come across to others then that energy can be spent elsewhere Uh, it can be spent on both doing the work and relaxing at work which will then help you or help me do better work so i just think it helps save energy to go in the right places. Having the spaces to show that those identities are both okay, celebrated even, just takes a huge weight off of my shoulders.
8: I'm Abby, I'm 27. My pronouns are she, they, her, them. I'm a junior video editor here at Channel 4 in Fall Studio. When you're not surrounded by a queer community and you don't have anyone to bounce those, like experiences off, coming to fall pride, there's lots of different, like ways of thinking about your non and gender and your experience of queerness. So like being able to talk to people about it and develop those kind of feelings and finding the vocabulary to express yourself is really important. And there's a really, like beautiful and understanding way of experiencing this NBness and this understanding queerness is really good to just have like a sound panel of when you're exploring these things i'd kind of always just ignored my gender and just very much focused away from my body and had a lot of body dysmorphia issues and then coming to channel 4 having people that i could talk to about that and that understood and they'd be like i've experienced something very similar different obviously because everyone's experiences are unique but it creates a sense of family and you know that you're not alone with it really it doesn't make you feel odd makes you feel very normal. Yeah, and also just the vocabulary. Like, if you're not surrounded by a queer community, like, there are ideas out there and, like, maybe the vocabulary is, like, constantly changing, Mm. we're finding new ways to express how we're feeling or maybe something doesn't quite, like, hit the nail on the head. It's important that we have the words to express ourselves.
9: I'm someone from an ethnically diverse background, so the collective staff network, and as someone who grew up in, you know, a predominantly white... I was surrounded by a lot of white people. It's similar with Four Pride where, I know it's kind of cliche, the whole um, Channel 4 slogan altogether different, but to be surrounded by a lot of people that are different and have different backgrounds rather than everyone looking the same. Even something as simple as being in a room full of people that don't follow a certain pattern of living or whatever is already something new for me and that's been really beneficial for me to have access to that kind of group of people. So I'm Natalie, I'm 26, I work in the Programme Information Team. Um, I go by she, her, and in terms of how I identify, st- still very much figuring that out. There's, there's lots of arguments about these things being tokenistic or, you know, the work that we do is, doesn't make real change. But from working here for a couple of years now, even just something as simple as having access to the executive and having them willing to listen and learn, is actually something quite unique in a big, big company. Even just sitting around and having sandwiches with people is actually
1: (laughs) really nice. So that's interesting, 4PRIDE can give members direct access to the executives at Channel 4 in an informal setting, which can be helpful. Did you have an executive, Alice?
3: Yeah, so when I was co-chair, my executive sponsor was Sinead Rocks. Um, She's the managing director for the Nations and Regions and was honestly such an amazing exec sponsor. She was one of the main reasons I was actually able to become co-chair. So can we go and talk to Sinead?
10: So I'm Sinead, I'm Channel 4's MD for Nations and Regions and I look after the things we do outside of London. Yeah, I'm she, her. I'm gay. Sinead, what's
1: been your involvement at 4Pride?
10: So I used, to, I used to be the exec sponsor of it and used to work with the chairs, Ellis and Ryan. I guess it's just helpful if you've got an exec sponsor of a group. People feel like they need permission, but they don't really. So it's just being a sounding board. So, yeah, always try to help, help them be ambitious and help, you know, encourage them to do things.
1: What's the role of a manager? at an ERG.
10: I think the role of of a manager with something as big and beautiful as Pride should be to not dictate and to just help facilitate because I've got one opinion and one life perspective but the beauty of the chairs is they they bring everybody's opinion and perspective into it.
1: Wow so Sinead have you seen many changes during your time at Channel 4?
10: I'm more astounded at the changes I've seen in my lifetime so I'm in my late 40s. And growing up in Belfast, if anyone had told me that in my lifetime I would be living with my partner and we would have a child, I just wouldn't have believed it. So the societal changes that I've seen in my lifetime have been, have been astounding, but we still don't have equality. You know, your life experience as, as a member of the LGBT plus community will vary radically depending on where you live. Mm. And that's why I think things like 4PRIDE are really important because you may work in a city and be part of an organisation as progressive as Channel 4, but you might live somewhere entirely different. Your parents might live somewhere entirely different. So I think that's another role 4PRIDE can play in levelling things out and opening up the world for younger members of staff who've come from perhaps more, I don't want to say sheltered backgrounds, because actually it's not that I was sheltered, it's just that I, I came from a place that was very the opposite of progressive. There's no one telling me when I started out in the BBC in Belfast 20 years, 25 years ago that there wasn't any trans people. Of course there was. But we didn't see them. Now that we are in a place where non-binary members of staff and, and the like feel able to be totally open about that, it feels probably like what it was to be gay 40 years ago. So that, that's been the biggest change and, and the biggest learning curve for me just because it's outside of my, my own world. It's weird being gay, in that you are part of an LGBTQ plus community, yet you may never have met people from some of those other letters. It's been a massive change for me that you can still be learning and navigating your way through that with other members of the community, being able to ask questions and query things that doesn't come from anything other than a place of ignorance. You just don't know. There's no malintent. So, I mean, that's been really interesting to me. And brilliant. No, I mean, I think these guys are fab. Do you think Pride helped you get that job? 100%. Do you? Yeah, and you
3: got me to do Pride, so... It's interesting (laughs) now i annoying when you sit there and say you haven't done anything, because I'm (laughs) like... No, oh, Well, everyone won from that then. We got you in post. You were really great, Sinead. Honestly, thank you for everything that you did.
1: Is there anything else in it for Channel 4, apart from the happy, loyal employees? The
10: groups are massively appreciated and, you know, the CEO is very passionate about having groups. And they're an amazing resource for Channel 4 to have. You know, If Channel 4 is thinking about particular programmes or seasons, they've got groups they can go and talk to, almost like focus testing, and the groups are always happy to get involved in those kind of conversations. You can't be a leader of an organisation and really appreciate all the good things they bring, but not give them the space and the time and the budget to do it. So it always has to be a bit of a two-way
1: street. I love that. These ERGs have now become focus groups. Here's Ryan again, who used to be a 4Pride co-chair.
5: Yes, there's been various points where 4Pride's been used as a useful tool. You know, wanting to run questions by us by saying is this an acceptable phrase? How do you feel about this? Because they want to portray members of the LGBT community in a fair and respectable way. And if you are not within that community, you're gonna want to seek third party advice.
1: So I'm guessing 4Pride was involved in that Channel 4 documentary, the brilliant one, Where Have All The Lesbians Gone?
9: Why is
3: the L word so taboo? It's a
1: couple of years old now, but it was made with Diva's help. Were you involved in
3: that, Ellis? We get a view from commissioning when anything's coming up that's relevant to your employee network. They're very good at that. But I was mainly just like shouting about it. Mm -hmm. Just being proud that we had that. You know, because I've been talking about it so much and trying to amplify it. The
1: first time I heard the word lesbian, I wanted to vomit.
3: Because it it was something that I've always been upset about, is the lack of representation, hence the event that I organised. It's trying to consume media and you just don't have anything to consume, Mm -hmm. like you're all watching the exact same thing and I rewatch everything like five times because there's nothing out there. I mean, Rachel, you know that, Like that there's just Mm. so little that we're even rebooting things 20 years later because (laughs) there's nothing else. I was extremely happy that we had something, and we do have a good amount of content. I'm always going to campaign for more. Just having a programme that its whole point of was talking about the word lesbian and why don't we say it. Mm, Yeah. I love that. Rachel, you need to meet Shaminda. She's the one who commissioned the doc.
11: So I'm Shaminda Nahal. I am the head of Specialist Factual at Channel 4, and I commission programmes across a range of subjects, from history to arts. Where have all the lesbians gone? It it was quite provocative as a documentary. It did create quite an interesting debate, which is the intention for a lot of pieces that we do on Channel 4. You know, we were set up to represent underrepresented stories and communities, but also to have challenging conversations and try and create a spark for conversation nationally.
1: So how did the programme come about, Shaminda?
11: Well, this programme came about after a number of conversations I was having with Emma Hindley, who is an award-winning filmmaker, executive producer. Some people were feeling like the word lesbian was a bit old-fashioned and weren't really using it anymore. Other people were reclaiming the word lesbian. And it felt like there was an interesting conversation going on about just the word lesbian and what it meant to be a lesbian now. A sort of general sense that lesbian spaces were disappearing, that the word lesbian had become somewhat controversial in some contexts.
4: Mention lesbians. Eww. Don't want
12: to be like that. I have heard that like a lot and I think it's because there is such a weird stigma around it. I'm Emma, I'm a digital production apprentice, I'm 18. I'm bisexual, use they them pronouns, I'm non-binary. I've never really understood, I think it's just because there's such a weird stereotype around lesbians and everyone, I don't know, hesitates for some reason to say it because there's just such a stereotype that everyone thinks, oh, if you're a lesbian, you are like this person.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, even I hesitated. hesitated, yeah, because it's th- there's something like icky about the word. I don't know why. I literally used to always say it as like a young teenager, I'm not a lesbian, I just like girls, would just not want to associate with the label. Or even saying gay feels more comfortable than lesbian. And it's like, why? So,
1: back to Shaminda, did 4Pride influence the commissioning process then?
11: 4Pride is always here to be part of a team who we can talk to as commissioners, as part part of the process. There was a brilliant panel as part of the Lesbian Visibility Week that year that I thought was really interesting and had lots of these conversations.
13: That was my panel. I feel that we're losing the word
2: lesbian. I think also there's like a self-protection Aspect of not using the word lesbians. I've like experienced quite a lot of what I would call like sexual harassment from men as a result of being a lesbian. So if I've like been in public with a partner that has been completely disrespected and attracted attention from men, almost like pretending, oh no, this is my best friend, and oh yeah, I do have a boyfriend, but he's not here right now, just to actually diffuse. A situation that is completely unwanted and i don't think that lesbian relationships are seen as being like whole or complete kind of not taken seriously and i don't know why because i feel like it is different for gay men i don't know why lesbian relationships aren't kind of seen as 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 serious
4: i hate it when people call us gay women because i'm not a gay woman a lesbian
9: It's, it's such an interesting debate the whole thing with labels nowadays and people holding on to an idea of what one certain term means and i think that's why content like that documentary is important because the overreaching message should be that it doesn't really matter at the end of the day like if you're a lesbian you've identified that way for decades then someone nowadays making their own path of what that means for them doesn't at all take away from how you identify. So I think having those documentaries where there's people having a healthy debate about what a term means for them is so much more beneficial than, you know, the louder voices that you hear often on social media and stuff.
12: I want to be a lesbian. I want to be a lesbian.
11: The other thing about Where Have All the Lesbians Gone is there's also a celebration of lesbians. Joy and celebration and fun is also really important to the film. You know, you didn't want it to feel like lots of sort of miserable stories of some of the darker experiences mm. and celebrate lesbians as well.
13: Reclaim the lesbians! See you later. Pot
14: It's that time of the year.
13: My name is Rosie Jones. I'm a comedian and I am a proud gay woman. For Channel 4 to create a show for lesbians, by lesbians and about lesbians... I felt really powerful to be honest with myself and to say, I'm a proud gay woman, but actually sometimes a lesbian label doesn't fit right with me. I think when the general public, if they were to close their eyes and imagine a lesbian, I think that they would imagine someone quite butch. I've grown up in a world where the outward was seen to be a bad thing. A slur. Doc Martens. Angry feminists. Troublemakers. It allowed to let be and queer and gay women just to be honest and themselves and to be celebrated for who they are. Promiscuous instead of. Your special simple label.
7: Let's miss, get the worst
10: PR. Are you kidding? I mean, we need to talk to our press team because they're appalling.
1: The same cannot be said of the Channel 4 press team. The Channel 4 press team are doing sterling work for the LGBTQIA Umbrella Group.
5: But what about the road less paraded? Let's duck walk on the Dales and parade atop the peaks.
1: Okay, Ellis, who have you got lined up for me to talk to on this whistle-stop tour about Proud
3: All Over? I want you to talk to Sally and Zoe, some of the creatives who came up with the idea for Proud All Over. They're back in London, though.
15: Um, Yeah, so Proud All Over was for Channel 4's Pride campaign this year, and they wanted to do something, again, that was to do with underrepresented voices. A lot of brands focus on cities, Pride in cities, London Pride, Brighton Pride, things like that, and there's not huge brand presence in the countryside. We wanted to do something that kind of made everybody feel included and it wasn't just about doing another float in the cities, and it was about going out to those kind of areas, even really rural areas, so we had like ad vans, driving around sort of adverts, wishing people happy Pride when there was no ad space to buy or book. For Shetland Pride, um, we did a floating float. So we actually floated afloat <laughs> from the mainland up towards Shetland with like sort of banners and it said Happy Pride Shetland and then everyone remembers their first time.
3: Folkestone was queer as Folkestone, which obviously has a extra channel for meaning. Gimme Gimme Morecambe for Morecambe. For Eastbourne, there's no shade on the beach, um, And it wasn't just, it wasn't just a pun. It was something that actually makes every single small pride feel really
15: celebrated. There are a lot of puns though. There were a lot of yeah. Puns, yeah. <laughs> sort of channel 4 tone of voice.
1: And what did all the four Pride members make of this campaign? Remember Dan, who used to be a civil servant in a suit?
6: It's nice working summer weather not just doing a pride campaign for the sake of doing a pride campaign, right? Like you know that it's part of yeah, their ethos. I guess with Pride, right, it's always such a fine line when you're a big organisation where you're celebrating Pride, that it's great that you're doing that, but also it can be misinterpreted, especially if you don't have the background to back it up.
1: And Natalie, who was still working out her identity. And how does that make you feel when you see that and you think, I work for Channel 4
9: and they did that? It still gets me, really. It's it's kind of special, actually, because I don't know about you, but I grew up really loving the what Channel 4 stood for so to have some kind of personal connection to that brand is really quite
1: special. And here are a few more 4Pride members from Leeds. Uh,
16: Originally I'm from Portsmouth or just outside of Portsmouth down the south coast, a nice small little village um, where I did not know a single other queer person for the first 16 years of my life. It's very different from Leeds and its massive queer community. I'm Callum. I'm 26, and I'm an assistant producer at Four Studio Productions.
7: I'm Catherine. I'm a data analyst, so I make graphs, basically. And how you identify? Oh, who yeah. fucking knows, man? <laughs> Depends on the day. <laughs> Bisexual. Go with that.
16: Yeah, I interchange between gay and queer depending on the setting, but I don't really mind.
7: Was growing up somewhere where that just like there wasn't a pride, I think it was really nice acknowledging those kind of smaller regional communities. I think so much of queer life can be really like centered on the city and that's it's a really common thing you know I when I was 18 I was like I'm going to run away to the, the city and I think it was really nice to kind of acknowledge the like community beyond
13: that anywhere spread the love with a virtual geo-targeted Snapchat lens.
4: We sent TikTok reporters out yeah, into the it was towns incredible. and villages. Like,
16: so often media representation of, you know, queer communities is within London or Manchester or London or Manchester, it's those two cities really. Every now and again, it's another city. And the idea that queer people could exist and have full fulfilling lives out of those cities, you know, felt impossible to me when I was younger. And to see so many queer communities celebrated in such a wonderful way, I can't imagine the difference it would have made to me growing up seeing a Channel 4 branded, you know, positive queer statement about the place that I live.
13: Channel 4, proud all over
16: even if I didn't know any queer people, it might have made me just feel that little bit more accepted. Just to see those little billboards celebrating Portsmouth Pride and, you know, some local references as well, that was, that was really nice.
12: Um, I'm Hazel Potter. I'm currently an apprentice. Hmm. We're part of an advisory panel about the Proud All Over campaign. They ran the presentation, they ran all their ideas through us so we can give our feedback. I just got texts and Facebook messages from my mum and her friends, being like, "We've just seen these billboards." Even my school like retweeted it, and that to me was just so surreal. It's something I actually helped and bring into nations and regions, especially like my town. But I don't think people know how much visibility within smaller communities actually does matter.
1: And even the co-chair of Four Pride. Lucifer.
12: I'm Lucifer. I use they/them pronouns. I am 23 years of age. So I identify as queer, gender queer, or non-binary and trans. See, I moved to London for my first role in media, and now that there are so many different areas in the UK that are covered with Channel Four, like we even like did the campaign that was proud all over. Channel Four means what they say. Like not only exploring different parts of the UK is super important, but we've moved our headquarters into the region. Burnham on. Burn them on sea. Something that's about wet right. wings. We created- <laughs> 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 Even in smaller towns, we're still there. We're not bound by big cities. You know, we are, We exist everywhere. We have existed everywhere for a long time. Out into the towns and villages. Worked here yeah, since awesome. I first left college. Honestly, like, I didn't think that this was ever going to happen, that I get to work for somewhere as cool and progressive and inclusive as Channel 4. Like, when I left college, I was told I couldn't even go to uni, because I'm disabled. I started at Channel 4 as a trainee. Honestly, I'd never felt like so accepted somewhere before. It was really cool. You, you can be unapologetically gay.
5: When I was growing up, there really wasn't that much representation of queer people at all. It was only really on Channel 4 that I even knew that other gay people existed. It was very exciting. that I thought, oh, I didn't realise that. Oh, I didn't realise there were others.
13: Tom Allen
5: here, the Proud All Over campaign. I did the television advert. I was very thrilled to be part of this and to help get the message out there. I grew up in the suburbs of of London But still, it was a train journey to go to London Which is where it felt like all the queer things happened I think now it's so wonderful that, like, lots of towns and and smaller communities Have their own Pride celebration and places of work And I think that's really wonderful And it was great to be part of bringing some of that together on Channel 4 And um, getting the message out there that uh, Pride is important for everybody So it was my pleasure to be part of it
13: Isn't
1: that right, Shetland? Actually, we're quite big Cheeky Channel 4. Proud all over. Because 4Pride is not just shaping the working culture within Channel 4, it's also shaping the output of Channel 4, shaping the programmes that they make and the issues they focus upon. And that, in turn, shapes the national debate, the international debate even. Here's Sinead Rocks again, the Director of Nations and Regions at Channel 4 and a previous executive sponsor of 4Pride.
10: So I think that... Where we've got to now is 4Pride are genuinely shaping Channel 4 policy. And I know from talking to friends within Channel 4, you can be as active or inactive as you want, but you always know it's there. Channel 4's break outside of London has has really been a positive thing for 4Pride. And in turn, 4Pride is a massively positive thing for Channel 4.
1: As Sinead said, it's a two-way street. 4Pride helps Channel 4 and Channel 4 helps for pride Remember Ryan, who gave us all that history earlier on?
5: Channel 4 celebrated Pride Month and every single step of the way, they spoke to us. They wanted our ideas, they wanted our input because it was there to represent us on screen, off screen. We got to help construct the whole marketing campaign.
1: So that really is something to celebrate because 4Pride's influence on the life of its members
8: is huge. Here's Abby. I've not actually been in a space before where suddenly, you know, I've been, you know, seen. Never really had much of a queer community around me, so, like, just being seen, like, it's not insulting for someone to recognise that you're queer, like, it's actually exciting and it's really loving and you know that you've found, like, some kind of family. We have, like, similar objectives and those objectives have been achieved by Lucifer, Andrea and Ellis um, and all of the 4PRIDE team.
10: And I see this week, which I hadn't heard, you got the gender affirmation stuff through on the health policy. Yeah. Amazing. So, that, amazing. Well done.
1: Mm.
12: Thank you Pia. It's life-changing.
1: Here's Lucifer again, one of the co-chairs of 4PRIDE from Leeds.
12: We're super, super excited. After a long campaign, we've just managed to pass trans healthcare to be included in our private healthcare policy. It's basically the highest tier that we could ask for. We were like basically told, maybe you're not going to get the, the full shebang, but hopefully we'll get some, and we've managed to get the full shebang.
10: Yeah.
12: <laughs> that's the technical term. Yeah. Um, but that's the difference of when you have somebody within those
3: teams. Like This is the point of representation, we had somebody there that was listening to the things that we were saying and
12: going, yes, I yeah. agree. We really do, we are really lucky because our execs do listen to us and fight for us. You know, we've got people on our side. Yeah, we're, you know, a little ERG ran by volunteers, but we've got the big people to back us up and listen to us. And when we tell them there's something that needs changing, they actually take that into action. Super, super excited to have trans healthcare being put into place and so needed and necessary. Like, so many members ask for this for so long now. We're all just thrilled. It honestly makes me so happy I could cry because like,
3: I just know how much this is gonna change Mm -hmm. people's lives. Like, surgery is so
12: expensive and being able to get this on private healthcare is insane. Like, from my personal experience, I'm on a wait list for, I think, four years until my first appointment with the NHS. So being able to start the process to get HRT and gender affirming surgery is so exciting to me personally. So 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 excited for you. I (laughs) know. For so many other members, it's just, life-changing and life-saving
6: I've never felt so loved in like the last two years and that is because of 4pride the people that I love and hold like hold closest to my heart are from 4pride and like I'm just so grateful that I've actually got a family from it
12: joining channel 4 I knew that going into it it was a company who was accepting of the LGBTQIA community um, just because of all the campaigns and all the shows they've
16: created. So yeah, last summer I marched in Leeds Pride, which was the first Pride march that I'd ever lar- marched in with Channel 4 and 4Pride, 4 um, and that was just one of the best moments of queer joy that I've experienced in my life. It was phenomenal being surrounded by all of these queer people who worked in the media, passionate about representing queer people in the media. You know, I don't think I could have imagined that when I was at university or first taking my steps into TV. Oh, it was absolutely phenomenal. Brilliant.
2: So there's like a collective kindness. I feel like I'd speak for everybody in saying we sort of feel like we can be ourselves maybe for the first time, which is exciting because it's like the beginning of that journey.
5: On a cheeky thing that always makes you smile as well and I think we'll last in a lot of people's memories, getting a drag queen to appear in the office unannounced and perform to our CEO who still to this day I think is in shock.
7: So it's not something I knew existed even It's not something that I knew I wanted until... I experienced
16: it. Particularly as a white, cis, gay man, you know, I represent very little intersectionality (laughs) in the LGBT plus community. And I feel like I've learned so much from my colleagues and friends in the last couple of years about different experiences in the LGBT community. And it's really fantastic to see them sharing their experiences with people outside of 4 Pride as well with amazing events and for the people as part of wider Channel 4 to be learning as well. Yeah, it's... It's really great. When I was first graduating university
7: and looking at like graduate schemes it was like a big selling point for me when kind of companies were advertising that they had a kind of employee networks.
4: That people refer to it as a velvet coffin because you just stay here because you love it so much.
7: It's a
9: very validating environment. They just nurture you for who you are.
4: You know you
6: guys have done an amazing job and I just want to say thank you.
4: <laughs> no you’re gonna make me cry. No. No, we love, we love when someone cry.! Pod
1: Diva! Thank you for listening to Pod Diva in association with Diva Magazine, the world’s leading brand for LGBTQIA+ women and non-binary people. Every week we bring you new interviews from a vast range of fabulous people, celebrating and amplifying the voices of the LGBTQIA+ community. Browse our extensive back catalogue of episodes to find your favourites, from Jennifer Beals to Abby Jacobson. It's like one gorgeous, glossy magazine in your ear. Please share, rate or review us. It really does help. You can find us on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can email me at editorial at diva-magazine.com. Pod Diva.
14: Queers for your ears. Pod Diva.